0: Hi, this is Lee Goldberg, and you're listening to TV Confidential with Ed Robertson. Ed Robertson, along with guest Joseph Doherty. Joseph Doherty, Emmy Award-winning writer, producer, director of 30-something, Saving Grace, Pretty, Little Liars, and other television series. Also the playwright of the acclaimed stage production, Chester Bailey, and the author of several books, the latest of which, A Screenwriter's Companion, offers insight and advice, both practical and non-practical, to writers and would-be writers about the writing process, how to survive in the writing business, and reflections on some of the many influences that led Joe to a successful career as a writer joe and i have been sharing some thoughts about some of the writers who have influenced the both of us one way or another throughout our life and career a screenwriter's companion available through fayetteville mafia press amazon.com and upon request your local bookseller a limited number of autograph editions of a screenwriter's companion are available directly through fayetteville mafia press if you listen to us In the vicinity of New York City, a new production of Joe's plays Chester Bailey will be performed at the Irish Repertory Theater in New York City, 132 West 22nd Street in New York City from Wednesday, October 5th through Sunday, November 6th. Tickets and more information, 212-727-2737, 212-727-2737, or visit irishrep.com. Earlier in our conversation, we talked about um, not minimalism, but writing with economy, which is very important, especially if you're writing for certain forms, because you have to um, have a beginning, middle, and end in a finite number of pages, which not everybody can do. That's an art form. People who have that skill and have that discipline and can deliver a complete story within 50 pages, or if you're writing short fiction.
1: It doesn't start fifty
0: pages yeah, I, I know I know but but that that goes back to that goes back to writing is rewriting and writing is editing. Yeah. Uh, Roy, Roy Huggins, who I got to know and I through the course of my books on the Fugitive and Maverick and the Rockford files, there are two things I learned from him that I still try to carry out to this day. We're, we're talking about editing and now roy was talking about editing specifically for the film but it also works for writing prose as well In that you may start you know your first draft of an episode of 30 something your first draft may be 90 pages but you can't produce a 90 page script for episodic television you got to narrow it down to 55 or 65 and so Roy used to use the analogy of any, any first draft is like an onion. You have to peel the various layers down until it's lean and mean and tell the things you need to say and hit all the points, plot points, and the character points you need to, you, you need to say with, without any excess.
1: Yeah. The, the only add-on to that that I'd offer is that you can't do that until the onion is ripe. Yeah, <laughs> you you cannot you cannot. It's maybe somebody can do this. I'm just gonna say I can't do it. Yeah, you can't start by writing a 51-page script. Mm-hmm. You are going to write a 70-page script if you're any good.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, because you because there's you can't get to this. You can't get to this What well, who's the thing? I'm sorry, this letter is so long. I didn't have time to make it shorter. You have to override, and you have to be prepared for, it and you have to embrace it. Which is why I'm not a proponent about editing on the fly. I think you should you should always don't don't look back, keep going, try and get your finish it through draft. Yeah, you'll go nuts. You'll go. You know what? No, I know. I would. I know people, but I do know writers and people who want to be writers who can't move forward. They say, oh, I've got to get this scene right. I've got to get this scene, this scene right before I can write anything else. And I said to one of these people at one point, I said, you are going to have the best basement in the world, but when the rain comes, you won't be in the roof. <laughs> Your carpet will get ruined.
0: Yeah. Along the same lines, um, I was very lucky have a half an hour conversation with stephen king in the course of writing my first book so i'm like this is very early in my writing career uh and i'm not a fan of horror genre per se but stephen king used to write uh instructional articles encouragement articles for like the writer's digest and the writer and a lot of writing publications and he was very generous with talking with, with sharing wisdom to writers just as you do in a screenwriter's companion. But the takeaway from my conversation with Stephen King, and it speaks to what something you just said, Joe, he said, don't worry about whether it's good right away. Chances are it's not good right away. You you have to write the crap first and then peel away to find the good stuff. And everybody goes through that, even me. That's why it's called
1: really? It's, it's I mean, Like I don't, you know, I, I'm, I'm certainly interested in making money. <laughs> but but the, the two books, the two books you should have on either side of mine are Stephen King's The Art of Writing mm-hmm. and Anne Lamott's Bird by Bird. Yeah, you will survive if you read King's book and if you listen to Anne Lamott. I mean, yeah, you, I mean, like Stephen King basically is the closest thing we're going to have to Charles Dickens. Yeah. So, and we, have, and we could have done a lot worse. But yeah, if you, again, if you're thinking about any, wherever you are, you your writing, career, you should read Stephen King's
0: book. Well, I, I feel good because I have Bird by Bird by Annie Lamott, and I have Stephen King's book, and and I now have A Screenwriter's Companion by Joseph Doherty, which goes back to everything comes in threes.
1: There you go. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, it's like it's. it's a, from a dictionary saying that you need a good, you need a good dictionary and 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 spoken white's elements of style i like the books i say in the book that, that you should have
0: are, are those guys a screenwriter's companion by joseph doherty a screenwriter's companion instruction opinion encouragement available right now through fayetteville mafia press and amazon.com a limited number of Autograph editions of a screenwriter's companion also available directly through Fayetteville Mafia Press. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. This week in TV history now has its own podcast you can enjoy This Week in TV History with Tony Figueroa on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you find podcasts. We're talking earlier about um, we're talking earlier about curiosity and how um, good curiosity can lead you to specificity, and how specificity is a vital tool that, that any good writer should have in his or her arsenal. While we're on the subject of Stephen King, another Boston-based writer that I was fortunate enough to talk to, not to drop names, but um, uh, I was fortunate to talk to both uh, Stephen King and Robert B. Parker, Early in my career. Good names to die. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, Parker, uh, he, he was the first writer whose work showed me less is more. He was mm-hmm. he, writing with economy. He had that down to a science. Um, but the takeaway I always think of when I think about Robert B. Parker is he was a fervent believer in the power of imagination. And I say that because... Um, because Spencer had a lot of character traits that were similar to who, Ro- who, who Robert B. Parker was as a person. He was whip-smart. He was literate. He could quote Lord, uh, uh, Lord Byron or Shakespeare at the drop of a hat. He was a former pugilist, and he, knew Bo- he loved the Red Sox. He knew everything about Boston inside out. And it always irked Parker whenever people asked him, did you base Spencer on yourself? And it irked him because, yes, there were certain things that he and Spencer had in common, but uh, Parker's answer was always, when you say, did you base Spencer on yourself, it tells me that you don't think I have any imagination. And there are things about Spencer, there are a lot of things about Spencer that I have nothing in common with because he's a product of my imagination. And, whether you write fiction, whether you write for the stage, whether you write for television, or even if you're writing nonfiction, uh, to some degree you have to have imagination as part of your arsenal, and that's something that every writer needs to have.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I mean I mean, my I remember the eighties when you would just tear through those those Spencer novels. Mm-hmm. They come out and you just I mean, I, I have memories of just like sitting on steps in movie theaters. Just reading these things. Mm-hmm. I just, to me, he's, he's a little bit. He comes out more of the Travis McGee school mm-hmm. um, than the Lou Archer, uh, and and I love the Lou Archer books, but just making me want to go back and read the
0: part.
1: <laughs> um, it's like literally, and I say this because it's it's, it's uh, you know what's interesting? So it's interesting. It's just John D. McDonald and Parker and and, and Ross MacDonald as mystery writers, um, they do know what to tell you what's in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, and they know what to tell you about how the person looks and why that looks yeah. they look that way. Um, and because of the genre, the genre supports their speed. Because, you know, they're, they're you know they're all the sons of Raymond Chandler. You know, when things slow down, have a man come through the door with a gun. And those paperbacks, they were like, what? They were never, they were never like 200 pages long. No. Yeah. They were like 150, 180. Yeah. And and that's like the average length of a a Lou Archer. But they just, just go. They just go. You want to be on the ride. You like the guy. You may not identify him, but you know him. You recognize him. And you're with him. But it's like there's this acting axiom that basically I can play someone who is completely unlike me. However... My job is to find a way that that character is actually constantly me. Yeah. There's some part of me I can find that I can be this person.
0: One more point about Parker, and then we'll, then, then we'll shift gears. The other thing I learned from him, because in school, particularly grammar school, we're taught to diagram sentences, and we're taught to always work from an outline. And so, you know, young writer, I don't remember how it came up, but I— I asked him about working from an outline. And Parker said, I used to start with an outline. But then I found the outline to be too restrictive. And my imagination would always come up with other things that I did that I had not originally worked on the outline. So he came to see outlines as just a map. A map that can say, okay, if you want to go from LA to San Francisco, you could take the five or you could take the one oh one. Or you could take any number of side streets that that will get you from A to B, but it may not be the same way you thought originally. And that goes back to the power of imagination and the the willingness to trust in your own – to give yourself permission, which is a word you use a lot in a screenwriter's companion, Joe – Give yourself permission to find a different way of getting from A to B than you originally thought was possible when you started writing this thing.
1: I don't even I don't even know if if an outline is a map anymore. I think it might be an itinerary. <laughs> But I think I talked specifically about two outlines I wrote at the same time when I started out because when I started out, you could actually be a freelance writer mm-hmm. and write for more more than one show at a time. And I wrote for thirty something the first season, the same time I was writing for a, a short-lived but but, but finally remembered by me um, period detective show that uh, Tony Yerkovich created after he left Miami Vice called Private Eye. Mm-hmm. Um, It was, you know, it was so boilerplate, that was the title, Private Eye. Mm -hmm. that. And I would spend mornings up at Universal, and I'd end up with a 12-page outline just working along with Tony. And I felt I could write very quickly from that, because it was a mystery. It required more infrastructure. It had to do certain things at certain points. And then I would go down... I mean, my stock line was basically. I, I remember basically spending mornings talking about murder and blackmail, and and then I'd have to drive down the hill to CBS Radford and, and find out how hard it was to get a babysitter for the characters. But, it, <laughs> it, but at thirty something, quite literally, it was to we be non outline It was beat sheet. It should not be more than two pages long, and it should just have one line each for each scene. This happens. This happens. And as I swear, every outline of every episode of 30-something has a beat in the third act that says, and things get weird. <laughs> and we never articulated, we just knew that in the third act, something would get weird. To the extent that an outline can help you, it's massive. To the extent that an outline can become a crutch, that can become restrictive, you gotta watch out for it. Mm-hmm. You, have own, you have to find your own way with it. And you have to be prepared for a good outline to get wonky on you in the middle.
0: Yeah. And
1: Uh, and you have to be, oh, you know, I mean, the other thing is, the other thing I think basically is is you try to run into the forest as quickly as you can, as deep as you can, so that when you get nervous and scared, you're already in too far. You can't go back. You have to go forward. But an outline lets you set sail. You will be on that road you will be driving along, happy as Larry, and then all of a sudden, there'll be that sign that says, 15 miles to the world's biggest ball of twine. <laughs> you're not telling me you're not getting off the road to see the world's biggest ball of twine. Yeah. Come on, how often are you going to have the opportunity of seeing the world's biggest ball of twine? Of course you're going to go. And maybe you'll see something along your way. That's right. Um, and- if they're not, they're, it, it's just. I understand. I understand. That the the writing problem outline is that it is a bit of a wandering. It is a bit of a wandering, and sometimes it's very under undersupplied. You can get lost.
0: Yes, and and as you said earlier, give yourself permission to. Walk away from that outline if it's, if it's no longer serving your purpose, which is to tell the best story you can think of.
1: However, the thing you're not allowed to do is not finish.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: you got to finish. You've got to drag yourself from beginning to end because there's nothing, nothing else feels like
0: finishing. Yes, And the latest thing that Joseph Doherty has finished is his new book, A Screenwriter's Companion, Instruction, Opinion, Encouragement. We'll take a quick time out, talk some more. Joseph Doherty, we come back on TV Confidential.
1: Ah, mmm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Kaskers.com, we make this experience easy.